Hello, and I love you, and welcome to the Happy Sad Talk Thing podcast. It's me, Mackin. I'm your host, and I'm very grateful that you're here. I am just recently, I just smelled myself, full disclosure. I don't smell great right now. I've transitioned from natural deodorant. No, I said that wrong. I transitioned to natural deodorant. What a brutal process that is in terms of smellingness. Uh, smell very bad. I've been using, you know, you know, you go through this trajectory, I think, as a male-identified person um, where you, you grow up and you're using the, uh, you know, your Axe products or your Old Spice products. Uh, and then you're like, okay, at a certain point, I'm an adult. I feel like a child and I'm buying these <laughs> products at the store. And then what? So you see the black one with all the freaking designs on it. You see the red one with all the freaking wolf fuck designs on it. Um, and you're like, okay, I'm time to put away childish things. And you turn to, of course, the only sensible adult option that is like, you know, uh, a nice uh sensible version of those products which is dove care for men <laughs> the gray one cuz i'm an adult <laughs> this is my theory on those dove that dove line of products uh dove men dove care for men i don't know dove dove but for boys how fragile is our sense of gender identity that we need it <laughs> constantly reaffirmed by, by a product in the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm taking a shower and I'm reaching for my same shampoo and oh yeah, I'm a boy. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. I almost forgot. You know what? You know what? Whatever you need. Whatever you need. Whatever makes you feel more you. That fucking rocks. Um, and I like the dry roll-on antiperspirant. Or is it a deodorant? See, I'm already out of my depths here. Um, and I... Listen, guys. My armpits sweat so much. And it's a big bummer because I love to raise both of my hands in victory. That's a, that's a common gesture of mine. Um, I was like, Yes! Both hands up. Um, used to do the Nixon's peace signs on accident, which were before that Ozzy Osbourne, or maybe after that. Yeah, I'm getting my timelines fucked up. But Ozzy Osbourne was doing it in a cool way. Then Nixon, whatever Nixon, do it, make it bad. Roger Stone, do it. I don't want to do peace signs, so I just put my hands up, either fingers out or fists up. Anyways. I'm so self-conscious about my uh, armpit sweat. I have so much of it. Um, and one time I got a surgery. It's a a freaking laser my armpits. Try to block those sweat glands or something. Didn't really work. I sweat just as much as I did before. And they're like, you got to do the surgery more times. And I'm like, or... I could save some money and not pay you guys to laser my arms for nothing. (laughs) Um, 
so how are you doing? <laughs> we have a great episode today. Uh, my friend Philip Labus is here. He is such a kind person and such a humble person. He was very gracious in this interview conversation. Like, one enough to, like, do this podcast. Um, but also, he's someone who has had a really exciting, awesome career that I admire. And uh, I just, like, look up to him as ter- in terms of uh, someone who's doing all sorts of projects and, and making their own stuff and, and a part of exciting big stuff. And in, in, in my view, very successful creative person. And uh, he did me the kindnesses in this interview of like returning a lot of questions where he'd be like, oh, how's that for you? And uh, I guess regarded me as a peer, which I was not expecting. And I guess it's all ego shit and like how you view yourself. But uh, I, I don't view myself as someone with very much slash any commercial success with anything yet. Uh, hopefully. You know, we'll see. I don't know. But anyways, this guy's, like, done some shit and is doing some shit and just is cool and, yeah, has worked on hella cool stuff and continues to and was kind enough to be like, oh, how about you when you're working on stuff? And, uh, boy, oh, boy, let me just tell you, made me feel real nice. Um, so that's probably just, like, all in my head stuff in terms of, like, how you feel about yourself when you're successful, when you're really doing it. Um, I don't know, but hey, Philip Labus, kind, nice, uh, songwriter, musician, actor, improviser, writer. Nice, cool guy. What, what, what more do we want? Um, yeah, he's nice enough to make time, uh, come on the podcast. He's doing all kinds of cool stuff on Twitch as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to get to this, this podcast. It's, it's a longer one because it is a great one and it is only cut short because I had to go. I had to, uh, leave. I, I had made an appointment with my friend to play some music, which was very fun. Um, but all, that just to say that my favorite thing happens, uh, is when there's, not enough time to record the podcast makes me feel like, oh hell yeah, we had more we had more to talk about, um, and so I'm excited that all the stuff that we did talk about, and I gotta stop doing the intro now or I will die. So I want <laughs> happy President's Day, uh, <laughs> President, the President's man. I just played Bioshock Infinite, Infinite, so I'm in a very like. Oh, propaganda mood. Um, so I don't think I'll be doing my usual President's Day routine of going through each of the presidents, remembering them, and appreciating them, because this year I'm actually thinking America's actually got some issues. I'll say it. Okay, sweet ones. Philip Labus. Um, he just released a song called Groundhog Day. Um, he released it on Groundhog Day. It's a great song. Go check it out. Um... Also, Philip has a great podcast of his own called The Musical Version. Uh, It's an improvised musical podcast, and it's so fun. Um, If you're a fan of podcasts, if you're a fan of comedy podcasts, there's so many guests you will recognize, 
And it's just a ton of fun. And there's so many fun live episodes in the archive. Um, yeah, do go check that out as well. And yeah, uh, check out this interview. And I love you. And goodbye. I think this should maybe be our new, like a new joint podcast where we just kind of like <laughs> troubleshoot tech issues in real time. I love that. Well, this, yeah, this feels better because now, no, I love, I love feeling like when you can start something that you're actually on solid ground, like, um. Oh, rather than worrying about it the whole time? Yes, because my nightmare has come true many a time where you, you get part of the way into something or done oh. with something and then you realize yeah. you forgot to press one button or, you know, oh. I've, I've very rarely done the thing where like, oh, we weren't recording, but I have done, you know, oh, we were clipping or, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. I, I didn't have the <laughs> phantom power on or something stupid. <laughs> yeah. So. Damn. I feel that. There's been a couple of things where I like Pro Tools has crashed on me and I was like not facing my computer. And oh I've God. like done, I've like gotten the first five minutes of like a hour and a half conversation that just <laughs> evaporated into the ether. Um, this is not quite related, but just talking of like things that'll make you cringe I from loss. Um, <laughs> a few, a few months ago, I, I guess now probably six months ago, I, I had a hard drive die on me. Um, five terabyte hard oh, drive that had pretty much in every- your arms. Uh, it pretty much in my, I mean, it's on my computer. Oh my I, it was everything I'd done since sophomore year of college, now being 27. Um, so about six years of work. Um, and it's just gone. Damn. Um, That's no, heartbreaking. No backups, nothing. It was, yeah. Oh! It, <laughs> Fuck, yeah. dude. It was rough. That's truly tragic. It was. I mean, at the time, it was bad. It is. I've I've had similar situations where I had like partial backups and I I lost a hard drive, um, and the main thing that was hard to like some of the like music stuff I was able to most of the project stuff I was able to recover. There were a few things I had to like. I was in the middle of recording some stuff I had to re-record, but the thing that I lost mostly was like a lot of photographs, a lot of uh, yeah, just like photos and videos from the past that I wasn't able to. Yeah, recover. that's the toughest part because the work you can sort of re—I don't know—you can recompose it, or sometimes there's even a part of you that's like, "It's going to be even better this time." Although that right, hasn't yes, necessarily totally. been my, my experience. Yeah, and there's but, no version of that for like photos from high school. <laughs> They're no. going to be better this time. <laughs> yeah, my new friends uh, made way better. <laughs> Recreate all the old photos with your new friends. That sounds like a sh uh, pretty bad student short film. <laughs> yeah, a a, a, a big digital loss like is a really funny grief because there is sort of like because you feel so stupid too. Like, um, yeah, because <laughs> everyone, no, it's not like you didn't have warning. It's like everyone told you, Ugh. yeah, everyone told you to back up your shit since the day you were born, and you, you were just like, it won't happen to me. Yeah, 
Totally. It is. It kind of needs to happen once to be like, okay, yeah. I, I got to get my, I got to get this together. <laughs> no, I mean, never again, for sure. Also, anyone listening out there, if they're, I mean, I'm sure you inspire a lot of creatives to your pod, uh, back up your stuff and don't keep anything valuable on a HDD, on a spinning disc. Oh my God. Mm. Store, you know, they are not the same. Keep it on solid state. <laughs> Do not see that. Even that distinction has just, I don't fully know the difference between this. Oh, you, you want to dive into the difference? Between... Well, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. <laughs> SSD means solid state drive. It's like a flash drive, okay. but it's also the same technology that's in most laptops now. So they're, they're lighter and mm. more efficient, but they're also more expensive. So on a like desktop computer, you might have a, a HDD, which I believe something hard drive, but it basically is a spinning drive. Like the, the there's a physical thing inside that's spinning. And so because okay. it's a piece of hardware that moves as opposed to like electrons dancing across it or something, um, <laughs> it's a lot more likely to fail. And it, when it fails, it's a lot more likely to be unrecoverable. So, um, yeah, but, but like, that's why people that was a very keep, helpful explanation. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why people keep like, you know, something that you want to keep stored, but like, you don't want to pay a bunch of money for like super fast storage, you know, then you get a, mm. a hard, an HDD. But if you're going to like Word. access your sample libraries, you want that on a, on a S, SSD. I'm I'm learning hella tips. You seem like someone that is very aware and in terms of like the various both like creative things that you make and also just like streaming on Twitch and like being able like the the stream you were doing last night where you had your desktop and your you seem like you you know what's what when it comes to the the tech side of That's so funny. Um making things. Do you feel that way or no? You know, only about the things we've talked about and only because it's been closely associated with the troubles I've been through. Right. <laughs> so it's like, of course I'm very knowledgeable in about... in response to tragedy. Yeah, totally. It's like that someone, I resonate a lot with. <laughs> yeah. You know, someone who's like, hug your dog every day, man. It's like, huh. <laughs> they know a lot about dogs. It's like, no. <laughs> they just know a lot about <laughs> loss. A grief. <laughs> Were there things on the on on that big drive that you lost that you uh, not to just make you too sad to dig around in the past, but is there like big stuff that you just don't have from there? You know, the I got lucky in two senses. Um, so I'll, I'm going to focus on the positives in this question. I got lucky in two Love senses. It. One is that all my writing about two years ago, I, I started keeping in Google Drive. So um, mm. that would have been the most significant loss. Because right. even though those files are tiny, they're, they take an immensely long time and they're really hard to reconstruct. Um, right, yeah. As opposed to like audio files where like, you know, I could have like a, a file that's huge, but it's like useless because I'm like, yeah, that just came out bad. <laughs> um, so all of those were in Drive. So all of that stuff was saved. I had like, you know, all these screenplays and, and pilots and stuff and a novel I'm working on and all this stuff like hell yeah so that all got saved the stuff I lost was really like archival in a way it was like yeah it was like oh like some a lot of videos like every self tape I ever did it's mm. like a silly thing but like I had a record of every um audition I did since sophomore year of college so like Damn. you know I did some very 
um, interesting stuff that I'm like, oh, I'd love to still have that in 10 years. Like, Of course, yeah. I auditioned like for Stranger Things like a, a while back, and it was like, I didn't Word. get that, but it was like cool. It was a cool thing because then that went on to be like a phenom, and it's like, oh, yeah, I auditioned for that. So it's like. Yeah. Um, and I had like cr- crazy old stuff too, like a forever ago, like three or f- no, even like five years ago, I auditioned for like Spider-Man. And mm. and like for the role of Spider Man? No, no, for another role. But the point was like that was so cool to get to do that and yeah. like have this record that I did that. And that's totally. kind of gone now, but it's yeah. like still got it in my mind until that goes. So yeah, that yeah, I totally feel you. Like that. What did you are... lose? Anything? I mean, you said you lost like man. The main the thing that I stuff. lost. Yeah. The main thing that I lost that I like cared about that's like I can't reconstruct was some like some voice memos. This was like pre cloud days, Ugh. which was like also another technological fiasco in terms of like when my shit hit the fan. I like, oh, I try, I've like tried to divorce myself from iCloud um, or like manage it because iCloud feel, is like, trash. <laughs> They're like holding your memories hostage in the sky. Yeah. And then they're like literally shaking you down (laughs) for like money for your own memories. True. That is so funny. It's wild. And it's like, anyway, so that was like a whole process of like pulling stuff. Memory monsters. Dude, they are. (laughs) Fuck. That was a perfect distillation of that. The the main thing I lost that was hard was um I had some conversations that I had recorded on voice memos. Um, one in particular was with this uh, former L.A. city council member um, who I, like, randomly met through this one summer camp that was actually run by a person who is now a criminal um, huh. or was a criminal who has been exposed as a criminal. Oh, yeah, I heard um, you talking about this on your last episode. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to the I listened to the Sydney episode because I wanted That's to kind of know what the podcast yes, was about. Yes, of course, know what you're getting into and be like... Yeah, <laughs> in case you were like, all right, time for the, like, seven things you've never told anybody around. I'm like, right. oh, I, I was ready no, for this. <laughs> but also kind of you to check out the thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Hence but the, uh, yes, so that motherfucking guy, Rick Singer, <laughs> uh, criminal man who like was a shady college counselor that uh, was also my college counselor. Wow. Anyways, he like ran this camp and he got this city council member to come and like give a motivational speech. Very motivational guy, like one of the first openly gay politicians hmm. in America, I think. And like was, it was him and, and like Harvey Milk. I probably I mean, those are the only two I can think of. I, I should probably know more history there. But um, he was like told very inspirational stories about about that, about like yeah. living a, a life of public service. And also like he was like deciding whether or not like to try to run for president and stay in the closet or like come out. <laughs> Whoa. And, and so you, you had a voicemail office. from this guy? I had a voice memo like basically to so basically this summer camp. I like met this woman who like worked a lot with this one organization that he was really involved with. Um, and basically he was, he was, he's, he passed away a few years ago. Um, Mm. and he was dying of cancer and this woman was like, will you come and sing him some songs? And, um, whoa. And so I did. And I like left, I like voice memoed the songs just to, just to like have them and listen back to. And then I left the thing going probably illegal, probably uncool, (laughs) but I left the voice memo going for like an hour and a half. 
And the dude was just like, he was dying and he was really upset that he was dying in terms of like public service. Like he just kept, he was just telling these like, he was just dropping mad knowledge and really like inspirational stories about like he like marched on Washington and he like told me about a conversation he had with Martin Luther King Jr. And like wow. just all this fucking sick ass shit that also lives in my mind. But I mean, that's probably the one thing I think about in terms of like if I could pick one thing to recover from that thing, it'd probably be that. Probably be that. Um, that totally makes sense. And I'm sorry you lost that. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> um, in terms of uh, leaving your voicemail going, uh, just like <laughs> out of a desire to like capture something important. <laughs> Um, yeah. I have totally done that too. Just so you're not yeah. alone in that, like, like my <laughs> um, my aunt passed away of of cancer not too long ago. Mm. Um, Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, I mean, it's not okay, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she. Uh, I remember, like, when I was in college, like, uh, like freshman year, we were. Because she had just, uh, it was like not looking good and she ultimately like recovered from that bout of it not looking good. But at the time there was like, oh, oh, like I might not see my aunt again. So I just like sort of surreptitiously was like recording her. (laughs) It was like very wrong. But it was like something, you know, deep inside you're like, I just, you just feel like you like, it's foolish, but you want to do it where it's just like, I just need to like capture you because you're going to go away. Um, Yeah. In the same way that I think people like want to get like, they want their parents to tell their life stories and stuff like to them when they start to get right. older. And yeah. I've like had that thought too, but then it's like, <laughs> then I, th- <laughs> I think about like how funny it would be if I'm like 57 and my, my kids are like, we want to like record your life story. It's like, bitch, I'm not done living it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to leave some fucking blank space at that. I got yeah. some more shit to say. <laughs> don't, don't fill the whole notebook, please. <laughs> yeah i just think that, yeah it's kind of funny just like you know it, it's it's funny to say to somebody like tell me your life story and it's like what mm. what's that have you ever had anybody ask you that no well i think there's been like theoretical versions like when i'm reading like a self-help book or something where it's like think about your right. life story and i'm like right what does that mean <laughs> um okay <laughs> you know? And yeah, I've definitely had that same reading self-help books and then had to like, <laughs> yeah, think about how you're telling the self, how you're telling yourself the story of your own life. Yeah. And I mean, talk about, I mean, this year I think has put a weird chapter in everybody's like book of that story. Uh, weird chapter in everyone's story, but like, it also just makes you go like, what? Like, that was a whole year of my life. Just like, like snap my fingers. That's gone. It's just like yeah. crazy and upsetting. Yeah, how how are you? How how has the last <laughs> year been? If that's not too loaded of a question. Um it is. <laughs> but no, I, I, I it's a great question. Um how am I? Um, you know, my I I went to therapy yesterday. My therapist Word. uh they said my uh, they give me homework sometimes, which is awesome because it's very nice. in line with how I <laughs> how I how I think and live. Um, but something they said was like your homework is just like to enjoy life, um, 
And it's very simple, right? But very powerful for someone to like tell you you have to do that, especially as someone who's been, (laughs) you know, because I think you are probably also a goal-oriented person, um, as many of us are and are like struggling with. Um, Yeah, definitely. So to to place a non-goal as a goal is like kind of powerful to me to Mm. be like... Like, like to say, like, your goal is to relax or your goal is to um, let go or your goal is to uh, enjoy your life. It's like, yeah, okay. Damn. Wow. wow. Um, but I think the, that is an answer to your question because it's funny. I, I mean, I can't, I don't know what your read on this will be is, but like some days I feel like, yes, there are all these external things that are happening, mm. but sometimes I feel like the largest cause of my um, difficulties is actually nothing external. It's like internal, mm. you know. It's getting in my own way of of finding happiness these days. Maybe because it's harder, you know. But yeah, yeah. No, I mean that. Yeah, I feel like that is most of the source of my own suffering. Is like me getting in my own way. <laughs> yeah, but that. Yeah. Also, like just as someone just from observing you and as someone who from my perspective you make a lot of awesome stuff in a lot of different areas and it seems like you're 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 doing a lot you have a, a really high creative output and it's really it's really inspirational just from a like creative person's perspective but i i could totally see that also lending itself to like having a lot of ex- like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get this done. I gotta get. This oh yeah, done. anxiety, burnout, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, well, firstly, that's very nice. That's that's kind of you to say because it's funny. Like I simultaneously like want to be perceived that way. You know, like as mm-hmm. somebody who like is working and moving and and doing things, and at the same time, I'm like, after having been perceived that way since I was like 15, part of me is like, oh my god, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know, like. You, right, because you, I don't know, Mac and like you do this podcast, you do your songs, you do improv, you do all this stuff. Like, there's probably you're probably preaching to the choir a little bit in terms of like, you know, I, I think we always like I have peers who I look at them and I'm like, damn, look at that work ethic. Like they really get stuff right. done. I'm yeah. such a like lazy ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's got to be a huge part of it. Is like how you see yourself versus how you see uh, how others see you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess I just admire your, um, like I, I was just, I was just making sure that I wasn't like missing huge parts of your, of your work and, and your, um, as I like, I've, I've followed it and like, I was looking more into it. I was like, damn, whoa, I, like all these, like these YouTube sketches and like, I just, I didn't know you had a, an improvised musical podcast. And I, I was embarrassed <laughs> to be uncovering these like, very rad, cool things where I'm just like, this guy's prolific as hell. You're, uh, it was, I, as someone who is like trying to manage their creative energy, like throughout the day, I was like very inspired. I am very inspired and I am very curious, like how, how that goes for you in terms of, do you feel like it's something that you deliberately try to be like, all right, I'm gonna, because you're, you've got your, your toe in, in different areas, whether it's like screenwriting or 
like writing music or musical comedy or improv. Um, how, do you, how do you approach managing your time creatively? <laughs> That's so funny. Like, you know how when you're thinking about something and suddenly it pops up in every area of your life? I just yeah. feel like such a theme of the last couple of weeks for me has been this exact question. Uh, mm. How to manage time. Because... <laughs> And I mean, it's a really old question, especially, but especially and particularly for creative people, um, right? Who, because uh, I'm the reason I bring that up is um, I'm reading an amazing book right now called um, "Get It Done" uh, by mm. who's it by? I'm googling it. Love it. Get it done book. <laughs> oh, um, by Sam Bennett, who's this uh, like a self help. Uh, female writer and um the full book is get it done from procrastination to creative genius in 15 minutes a day which is so funny because that's such a like self-help book thing yeah it it tells you (laughs) what a piece of crap you were before (laughs) how amazing you're gonna be and how quickly you're gonna get it done (laughs) um i'm sold i know right it's like that book's gonna fly off shelves but um I tell you that I'm reading this only to say, like, I struggle with this a ton. Um, and, yeah. like, procrastination or, um, like, I call them, like, lost days where it's just, like, mm. like wow, that day, like, just lost to me. Like, I got some stuff done, but kind of feels like a lost day. Mm. Um, and I'm, re- like, a lot of my life in these last couple months has been trying to figure out how to stop those lost days and and have as many and have better days. Um, right. My, my writer friend says, had told me this thing when we were in Edinburgh doing the Fringe Festival together. Um, Whoa. And she, she, I basically was like, because she's very prolific. She's a playwright and she can often finish mm. like a play a month or every two months. It's like very yeah. impressive. And I'm like, basically, how do you, you know, how do you do that? And she's like, well, every night, I'm going all over the place right now, but she's like, I, I, I just this. give myself a perfect day. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, every night I write out what I want that next day to be. And then the next day I do that day. And it's a perfect day because I did exactly what I wanted to do. (laughs) And I was like, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? Damn. What what were you, uh, what did you take to the Edinburgh? Did you take your, your musical more guns? I wish. Um, no, I, uh, I took a really cool thing, which was, uh, I was part of a company that's been going there for like 20 plus years called Baby Wants Candy. And they do improvised musicals and they've Whoa. been going to the fringe doing those improvised musicals for like 20 years. And they basically like recruit out of UCB and like the LA comedy network. Yeah. And I, started like taking classes at UCB like seven plus years ago. And I think mm-hmm. you've taken classes there and you know about that scene. Yeah. I'm, I'm currently, I've kind of just been obsessed with it via podcasts and, and fans and things. And I, I realized recently that I care about it and, and want to learn more about uh, improv. And so I'm, I'm currently enrolled in, in 201. Um, oh my gosh. But I know well, you've it's the matriculated best. through that system and. Uh, yes. Um, rocked that world. I love that world, and I'm glad you're getting involved in it because there's there's room for everyone. Um, That's encouraging to hear as a, <laughs> a fanboy, you know. Well, the, that's the crazy thing is like I was like truly like two like 2016. I was like going to these Baby Wants Candy shows and being like, I have to do this. Like 
this is such yes. a weirdly specific like um place where all my interests meet like music yeah. comedy totally. theater improv um like live performance and and yeah. and what they do is they just improvise full musicals and so yeah i, I basically just like, started going to all the indie shows and just like doing all the things and i eventually just kind of got I don't even know how it happens, but someone couldn't make a show and then I could make a show. So it's, you know, it's like understudy rules. And then they just kept asking me. So the, the pinnacle of that was I got to go to Edinburgh and perform with uh, other Baby Wants Candy people from Chicago and New York. And it was oh, really yeah. neat. Yeah, it was awesome. When was this? This was um, 2019. Yeah. Summer Word. of 2019, which feels that like ends. it was yesterday. Um. Yeah, that was, but, yeah. so she said that, and then this book, Get It Done, by by Miss Fogel, or Sam, Bennett? <laughs> I have to Google it again, Sam Bennett, why did I call her Sam Fogel? I don't know. Sam Bennett um, is just all about managing your creative time, and mm. the core of it for me, and I want to hear your process, but basically is like having like a really overarching sort of... Um, what's the phrase um not ambitious it's it's like aspir- aspirational you have your aspirational goal but that goal is like seemingly impossible mm. right like one of those aspirational goals for me is to um write and direct a movie um yes by the time i'm 30 right so it's like a goal and a timeline um and so then from there it's like well what do i have to do to make that happen it's like well i have to watch a lot of movies i have to um write a bunch of screenplays. I have to write screenplays that can get made and I have to write screenplays that can um, get made for a budget that's low enough that they would let me direct it um, mm. as a like non-celebrity person. Um, so it's like, you know, if you, breaking down the goal actually leads to like more concrete steps and then eventually it becomes like really nitty gritty. Like uh, right now I'm trying the Pomodoro method, which is... Uh, What's that? It's based on the Italian word for tomato, and it's, it's basically a system of uh, doing timed work and timed breaks. It it, it doesn't work Whoa. perfectly, but it's been helpful. Um, so I'll and do it's like tomato. Yeah, the it, it so it's fun. based on Pomodoro because the guy that invented it used a tomato timer. Oh, it's cute. Wait, what do you need? A, what do you need a time in terms of to, in, for cooking tomatoes? What a great question. What I've po- heard of egg timers. I think. Um, I think it's just a timer shaped like a tomato. <laughs> Word. <laughs> I literally never thought about that. I was like, yeah, tomato timer, of course. <laughs> that it thing everyone sound. has. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a thing. It's I, clearly not a thing. I've never, I don't really cook tomatoes, I guess. So I, uh, I, clearly. I don't know why you would. <laughs> you don't know the first thing about tomato prep. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing I'm most embarrassed about. <laughs> But that rips, yeah, man. Um, I feel like I just talked at you for like five plus minutes. I want to no, know. No, I'm like, at, These are the you're answering the questions that I'm asking you. This is this is everything I want. Um, but yeah, like, dude, it's the hard, it's the hardest question. Time, yeah, time management, specifically for creatives where there's like no one's gonna clock in. You're not clocking in or clocking out, or no yeah. the only person who cares what you do is you. And yeah. 
Not even in a bad way. Like, that sounds depressive, but I mean, like, even your partner, like, wants you to succeed, but they don't, like, care if you don't, presumably, like, if they love you. <laughs> like, they right, kind of just like, right. they like you inherently, so it's like, only you really are like, I gotta succeed. Yeah. Wild. Do you feel... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I wonder if it's like... I guess ostensibly it is that way for people with like different types of jobs and and bosses and stuff, but or like yeah, somebody else saying like here's what you got to do today, you know. I guess yeah. that's like the main thing, right? Well, it's it's external, I guess. Like there's an ending too. That's the mm. other part of a creative lifestyle. I think it's like it never ends in a way. Oh yeah. It's it is hard to be like I'm done for the day. I did enough today. Now mm. I can enjoy the night without just being like, like anxiously scurrying through, <laughs> like trying to work on something just a little bit more. Yeah, I have a theory and that like drugs and alcohol for artists can often come back to that like permission to um, turn it off. Yeah, I mean, in, embarrassingly, in the last year, I've started like smoking weed, and not that smoking weed is inherently embarrassing, but just no. like I. I've like started a, a little, it's a little bit less now, but it did become a thing where it was never like a regular thing in my life. Um, but it became a thing where it was like at the end of the day, it was like the the day is over, no more tasks and like everything is, is done now. And it's like, it's been a challenge and a quest for me to like, just try to make that some sort of ceremony that doesn't have to be smoking weed like yeah it can be but also just being able to like decide like totally okay, i'm putting on my pajama pants when the pajama <laughs> pants are on <laughs> i'm i'm no longer working to like be my own taskmaster you know yes it's funny because i've 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 been thinking the same thing recently about because i i almost i i rarely partake but i do i have these edibles that i'm more comfortable with cuz they don't make my throat feel all bad yeah um the next day and so i took one the other night cuz i was like i'm done working and i don't want to think about working so like yeah. i'm going to relax and relaxing means smoking weed but instead it was yeah. like this third thing it wasn't really mm. yeah. it it wasn't um working it certainly wasn't working and it but it wasn't like even not working, it was being high, which is like... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sometimes it's just a new task of, like, survive being high. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because it was an edible. I was like, cool, tonight's task is, like, be chill. Like, <laughs> okay, like, get through this. <laughs> yeah. Was it a good time at that time or just... It a... was a good time, but only because yeah. I I have gotten a little bit better at that. First time I ever... I mean, everyone has their haunting edibles story, and I have mine. So it's very true. Um yeah, but yeah, it's um I think it is it's nice to I don't know, man, just like I I have you seen The Sound of Metal? No. Is that the new is that a movie that just came it's out a about new the drummer? film that just came out about um, a yeah, a, a metal drummer played by Riz Ahmed who loses his hearing. Damn. And um can't talk. I, there's no way to talk about this moment I'm talking about without making 
it unenjoyable Tell me for about you. It. But the that's, point that's right. I don't think I was gonna see it. It it, it seemed no, really no, good. No, no, I don't want to tell you because I want you to see it. It's very oh, yeah. good. Word. It's, it's I'll tremendous. Check it out then. But the point Sick. is that sometimes I like I think we all are like or at least I, I won't speak for anyone else, but I'm kind of looking for more of these like in between moments where it's just like I think that's again why my homework from a therapist yeah. <laughs> whose job is always like enjoy life. It's like, oh, okay, so just like just chill. Even this podcast yeah. is like an opportunity to do that, that I don't, don't really consider. It's like, I got to be on or I got to, you know, say the right thing, do the right thing. It's like, yeah. maybe not. Yeah. Like, maybe we'll just hang out. Especially in the pandemic, too, it is like, like making, because kind of, especially, yeah, creative, being like a creative person in the pandemic is like, it's really hard to have separation in your time. And it's just like, is all of the time chill hangout time slash I should probably be working? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> like, I can't so, help, like, oh, man, Mac, and, like, I'm, it's, it's, like, impossible to be a non-judgmental person of yourself while you're still holding on to judgment of others. And I, <laughs> and then sometimes I, like, see the 500th tweet that's like, well, I didn't get out of bed today because it's pandemic. And I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, well, okay, there's, there's got to be some, some balance here. Yeah, it's, it's, oh boy, it is a real, yeah, because yeah, just, oh man, this sentence is really struggling to get off the ground. <laughs> be, trying to be patient with yourself and like compassionate and gentle and also like if I stay in my bed all day for like a while I will. It will probably feed my depression. Yeah. Well, you start to realize, like, the kindest thing to do is not necessarily, like, the easiest. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. There it is right there. <laughs> that rip. Mac, and has anyone ever super cut together, like, all of your woes? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I don't think anybody... Um, yeah, I think uh, the only person that would do that would be me, and that just sounds very exhausting. <laughs> what, 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 what? Be awesome. Have you ever had a supercut of of no? Your stuff? Oh my gosh, I've I've had some int- some weird or interesting fan behavior, but never no one's ever made a um, a fan cam. <laughs> yeah. What uh what to which what I fan? say uh, TikTok. Hello, <laughs> I'm waiting. I want to be validated. <laughs> so a fan cam, please. What fan? What fan? Uh, what fan things have you interact? Have you had fan things come your way? Oh, like the 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 ones that were weird or strange. Well, yeah, or or cool. The the weird the the weird one was um someone texted me like they got my number. Oh word! And we're just like texting me about like my work and like I'm a fan of this I'm a fan of that and I was just like ah this is like that's like a level that's uncomfortable for me totally that that yeah that that's very understandable <laughs> <laughs> um but it's funny because like I'm not I'm like we live in LA like I think you and I both mm-hmm. know that there are like real celebrities who like probably can't pass through airports like without significant trouble and like so, it, but at the same time, like someone can really start to like your work because of the internet and like, you can feel like they are a quote unquote fan. The line between them being a friend and a fan is like really arbitrary, right? It's almost like a distinction 
they can create or you can create depending on your comfort level. But, mm. and like, we're like, I see a lot of, you know, the common consensus from like anything that's like, this is how to like engage with people about your art is like, make everybody your friend. And right. it's like kind of partly true, but also partly like, well, I don't want them to, I want to text, I want people to text me if they have my number, if I give them my number. So, right. Yeah, it definitely is like, have you ever had anything like that? No. Well, yeah, there was this one person that was like excited about my music that we were like, it's just, it's tricky with boundaries because like it, it's not something that has happened very often. I, yeah. I, I think that is just like, yeah, that just is what it is. Um, yeah. And it's not it even like, like, I wasn't even yeah. like, it's, yeah. It's just tricky with boundaries, like because I'm I'm fans of so many of my friends, and yes. like I've also gotten to become friends with people whose like work I previously admired, which is very fucking sick. And I've also really, I think, I think I've been like a, a an invasive fan potentially in terms of like going up to someone and interrupting their day. Just to be like, hey, Dan Lippert, I really like your podcast. Enjoy the rest of your breakfast. <laughs> Dan um, Lippert's great. He's so he's so funny. I saw that you guested uh, or he guested on your podcast. Yes, yes. That was like... That rips. Literally that happened because he went to USC and um, was on the same improv team. So we had that like connect. Um, but without that, I truly would have been like, you know, borderline. I think we like did some alumni shows or something together, but you need that, yes. that something, you know? Right. You need that in. <laughs> that rule, that's to me, that sounds like very organic and, and cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was, he's also like very, like most improv people, you, you eventually realize like, Oh, you're a celebrity to like six people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird because like I'm, I subscribe to his Patreon. Like I'm, oh, that's like, amazing. He's a hero of mine, and I, like, fully, I, I fucking just, I love that guy. <laughs> yes. No, but I, I so fully identify with, with, and there's, like, no reason, like, in a year or two, if you just, like, keep doing improv and want to do it and are passionate about it, like, you guys won't play shows together because that's just how it works, you know? That, and it's, yeah, it's, I guess it's, like, that well first of all just as a as a full fan like the idea of that is like the sickest thing ever but also like it is it is weird because people are like a a part of myself i wrestle with is i think like a gross networking part of myself that i that i truly despise that i where it's like there are really like organic cool ways to just talk to people that you think are cool and and make things with people and uh, those kind of connections that are natural and sick and also like, oh, put yourself out there. Just like, you know, shoot this person a message or whatever. Mm. And it's tricky because there some often, there have also been like, there have been times where that has like worked out very well where it's been like, just reach out and try to be genuine and, and not overstep any boundaries or anything and just be like, hey, you're sick. Like, want to do this thing? Um, Like what we're doing right now. And like, yeah, podcast is a great way just to like, yeah. I mean, I, when you, when, when, when I saw what the pod kind of was, which was like just you chatting with people, I was like, oh, it's, it's a good idea because the, the, the worst thing that can happen is you get to talk with a bunch of interesting people. 
it's been a nice way to to just like also just yeah appointment hanging out is also really nice <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, also it gives me an excuse to like ask ask people who i admire like yourself just uh how they think and feel and go about their day totally but i've also uh, been mortified by like people that i've either like reached out to or like there have been some times where i think i've done it in like an uncool way or like Oh my gosh! Kind of gross version of that, and it's just like those are the things I think I'm most embarrassed about in my life. Oh yeah, Uh, you're not alone in having plenty of cringy, uh, cringy moments. I don't even want to. Ugh, there's (laughs) there's a a great many of them. Okay, Philip, I have to ask you what you think your celebrity net worth on the internet. Number is, are you aware that you have one? And what? do you know how much money the internet thinks you have? Um, I hadn't, is this something that comes up on your pod a lot? Do you always do this? No, I've never done this before. <laughs> but I was, I was just looking around just to see. Yeah, you're just I was just Googling. More, yeah, I was just Googling and I, and I was finding more like projects of yours and things. That is so funny. Um, and then I no, came across I had the no, I, I had no idea, but I feel like I've seen enough of my friends post fraudulent numbers here that I'm going to guess way higher because that's what they always do. Yeah. I'm going to say that they think I have a million dollars. That's dude. 1.5 million according to the internet. Yeah. Um, it's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) God, they're so, they're so wrong. I have way more than that. (laughs) Way more than that. I, One point five million. What do they think? Who do they think I am? (laughs) Yeah, maybe a hundred years ago. (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe when I was a hundred years younger. (laughs) You're immortal and very rich. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, once you can play the stock market long term. Um, I I want to know because what my real net worth is. I can't tell you, (laughs) Mackin. That's right. That's this is a hard hitting journalism (laughs) podcast. Um, How much net worth do you have, and how much do you think of that was exploited from others? (laughs) <laughs> um, because you're someone who I feel like makes stuff on your own and also with other people, and I feel like there are different types of creative people out there, or sometimes you see like stand-ups that are they kind of just do their thing, and that that's and then you see I feel like it's a classic like stand-up versus improv, like solo thing versus yeah. uh group group thing but also you make your own projects and you do a lot of collaboration and I imagine as an actor where you're really like if you're acting in something in somebody else's project you're you're really not in control of a lot of that project and I'm curious in terms of both in things you're working on like do you go through different seasons where you're like oh I'm doing a lot of screenwriting this month or like oh, I haven't done music in a while, or, oh, this came my way, so I'm going to pivot. Like, how, in terms of, yeah, distributing that creative energy and, uh, like, collaborating versus working by yourself on stuff, do you find that, how do you you go about that dynamic? What a kind question. Um, I definitely have to pivot based on external circumstances. So, like... Mm-hmm. Um, like a f- like l- a year ago, January, 
or no, two years ago. Oh my gosh. Wow. Time is flying. Um, I got this Watchmen gig on HBO and like, yeah. that was a, that was a high profile enough piece of work that basically when I booked that, it was like going to film in, I think like three weeks or maybe two weeks. It was like coming up pretty quick. And so, you know, I was working on a screenplay at that time and I just kind of went, mm, well, that can wait. And so I like put that right. down and then all my energy uh, went to like working on that or thinking about that or even just like small things like prepping for travel because I was going to be there for like two weeks. Um, mm. and Where did y'all shoot? We shot in Atlanta. Um, Word. In our, yeah, it was really a neat um, couple locations I got to shoot on. One was in a soundstage. One was like this massive green screen space. And then the third was this external location that was like a fairground that then got digitally extended to be like all of New York. It was crazy. Um, but the when I was doing that, I, I basically like while I was there, all I was doing was like reading this. Like when I wasn't on set, I was reading the script. I was reading the original Watchmen comics. I was mm. working out and running and... Um, and like walking around and thinking like that. I wasn't really doing anything mm. else. Um, right. Did but, you like that or did you miss? You know, it was, it was fun to like, <laughs> it was fun to be able to be single minded. I'll say that. Right. Like, yeah. I think there's a reason why like, you know, people on soap operas stay for like 30, 40 years. It's like, mm. this pay is great. You're focused on your one thing. You don't right. have to like, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen because someone else is worried about that, the writer, you know? Mm. So, you know, actors, being a pure actor can be very intoxicating because it's like you abdicate control. Um, mm. But then, on the other side of that, I'm a total control freak, uh, sometimes. So, um, yeah, I, lo I love being able to come back and then, like, have my own time to be like, yeah. oh, this is what I'm about. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's more the nature of the question, and, and that was a, a sick answer. Um, but I, it's, it's, you're, you're in a lot of different positions in the process in terms of like, I'm creatively directing this, or I'm a part of this other thing. Oh, yeah. Actors are like such cogs, like tools, um, paint... <laughs> Uh, colors to be painted with, you know, and especially considering like more controlling directors, like look at a Wes Anderson film, like the actors are basically dolls that are like shifted around the screen. They, they add their own forms of inflection and stuff like that. But largely their performances are so like hyper curated by the filmmaker and the edit that, mm. you know, the actor is like, I don't know, the actor is not necessarily like, yeah, co-creator. They're more right. like a, a brush. Yeah. Mm. That's a world I, I know so little about. And every time I hear about it, because I feel like records you could really make with a, a pretty small amount of people. Yeah. And most of them sure. I feel like are. and To their benefit I, probably. Right. Yeah. Or it's like, wow, we actually needed 12 people for this. And that's more than usual or whatever. <laughs> the fact that like any good movie gets made... Like the amount of collaboration and, and trust that has to happen and the communication and like that just 
I truly cannot imagine trying to navigate something <laughs> like that, like manage hundreds of people <laughs> and try to get, try to make a cool thing. Right. Well, I mean, it's probably why it's so hard to make a good movie. Mm. You know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's just like a lot of movies that are made and short films and stuff and like, and only a few of them are like amazing, you know. So wild. Yeah, I don't really know what point I'm getting at. I'm generally positive about (laughs) movies. Like, I'm not trying to say most movies are bad, but I'm saying no. But it's just like amazing when when a good one gets made. You're like, this is incredible. Yeah, it's a testament to like exactly. It's like such a combination of like incredibly hard work and talent, and also just like the fates. And yeah, there's like a a magical part that has to enter Mm. to make it great, where everything is like in the right place at the right time. So it can be like more than the sum of its parts. Mm. You mentioned you were working on a a novel and also a screenplay. <laughs> are yes. these things you feel comfortable talking about the process or or the content or are these uh, secrets? Which is fine. You know, I don't know. I I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing them. Other other than I might not be able to be as articulate about them as I would when they were done because, you know, since they're in process, they are, they're like really on, they're still kind of unknown to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess creatively, like, is that where your head is at these days? Yeah. Right now I'm spending most of my time on this novel, just trying to finish a draft that I can um, send to trusted peers because I wrote Mm. out a really kind of fast, Draft in November as part of National Novel Writing Month. Um, Nano Remo. Nano Remo, yeah. And um, yeah, so that was cool. And I'd never written a novel before, and it was a blast. But now mm. I'm in the much more, um, not tedious, but uh, lengthy process of uh, <laughs> turning a month of just like, I'm a genius, I can do no wrong, into like, well, that was like, that was a draft, and now I have to like, fix it up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So putting on editor brain and, and is, mm. is, it takes more time. And, um, right. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, again, trying Sick. to take, to do that homework of enjoy life. Like, I try to make it fun. I put on background music. I sip tea. I pace around my room. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What music? Because you're also a, a highly musical person. What what music do you? Is there certain like do you listen to music with lyrics? Do you listen? No, to never. Music? Can can you do that? Can you work while you listen no. to music with lyrics? I can't do it. Hundred percent. No. <laughs> That's why I asked. Yeah, it's impossible for me because I I have to listen to the lyrics. Yeah. Um. I, I love like one of my favorite enjoy life relax activities is like play a podcast and play a video game at the same time and it like only works with certain video games that like don't rely on the audio essentially um whoa what video games are you playing that you can listen to a podcast well uh, the best one for it the best ones for it are like i I played hollow knight recently yes hollow Um, knight it was on it was on it was the it was the free game on ps network (laughs) <laughs> Whoa, I I love that game. It's really beautiful, and I mean, you are. I am. I I probably missed out on a lot of the the music and the atmosphere in that sense. But like, I just I just love. So you would like put on like game. um like teachers lounge or like improv yeah. for humans, 
and, and right. play Hollow Knight. Yeah, and that's my that's my uh, that's like my favorite thing to do because like my it yeah and but, but I'm playing um, Bioshock Two right now. Oh, I hear that's like, great. There's a lot of those like audio diaries where there's like plot voice acting stuff where right. I like so right now I'm in a I'm doing a lot of like pausing the podcast engaging in the game like, right for someone to, to be like when the second wave came we yeah. weren't sure where we should go <laughs> yeah and it's kind of a frantic like experience in terms of like jumping back and forth between experiencing <laughs> yeah, li- two things at the same you're time you're listening to like drew tarver be like i'm the yeah. crazy substitute and then you have to switch <laughs> to quickly switch to someone being like when my they took my died. daughter <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's ex- that's straight up exactly <laughs> what it's like. It's hilarious. What are the what are the what's the music you put on when you're writing? Well, um, I put on a lot of scores, or um, you know, put on some some desk plot, or um, put oh, on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes when I'm feeling lazy, I'll just put on uh, lo-fi beats to study to, baby. What more do we want sometimes than lo-fi yeah. chill hip-hop beats to study to? I mean, sometimes I wonder if if my Spotify count would go up if I just wrote all my songs as lo-fi beats to study to. <laughs> it is fascinating because it's like that, like I have such an appetite for that, but it does seem like there is truly an infinite amount of lo-fi chill hop, hip-hop beats to study to. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what it's like to be a writer of chill lo-fi beats to study to is like I, I'm in the most popular market but I'm also surrounded by competitors <laughs> yeah. and it's also funny because like I simultaneously like like listening to that stuff and then I have this sort of contempt where I'm like this is real music I, I write <laughs> I write real music where's all my 200 million Spotify <laughs> listens it's mine <laughs> oh this this I relate to so much. <laughs> I know it's it's I, I I don't like this part of myself, but it's like I can't deny that it's real. Like just to be like, yeah, yeah. Like, but I I Amber um who's the singer from Dirty Projectors? Amber Cough. I don't know off the top of my head. Oh my gosh, um, Amber Kaufman. I have to know. I must know. I'm googling. Um, There are so many times where I don't do the do the follow up Google. I'm glad you're doing it. Amber Kaufman, I thought so. Um, Huge. But she had this. Um, she wrote this blog post that I read that was really interesting, which was basically about like her take was that um, Spotify is like turning ev- all music into like moods as opposed to music. So it's like we well, don't listen mm. to music; you listen to like. Sunday evening and and uh, campfire tunes and you know right. study mood and so it's like it's all about like sort right. of curating an experience as opposed to like as a playlist as opposed to like the song being the experience and I just mm. thought that was a really interesting thought and yeah. because I've noticed that I do that more you know I don't like it's not necessarily like oh I want to listen to Billy Joel it's more like Oh, I want to listen to like classic upbeat, you know? And right, it's like that's like right. corporate 
like some sort of like corporate speak going seeping into my brain and coming out of my mouth, you know? Yes. Oh, that it's is. Like they won. Yeah. I, the, yeah, the moment that like, yeah, you, you feel like the algorithm has penetrated your heart and your mind. It really is like. And it has. I, like, I, I, I wish I could say rage. that I'm like above it. I wish I could be like, you know, I want to listen to like these songs, but instead it's usually like, oh no, I just kind of like want something fun for yeah. this moment. Yeah. It is interesting because, yeah, because I feel like maybe like an album or a record could take you to different places. Uh, yeah. And maybe some that you didn't know you were signing up for, but there's a lot of like, Oh, I want this one mood. Give me that for an hour or whatever. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say, like, I'm not, I, I don't ever want to become that guy who's like, music used to be the, the right the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Cause like, there was commerce, like, like <laughs> pop songs and even just like LPs was like, we can only fit 22 minutes on this fucking disc that we can yeah. make for cheap <laughs> yeah like we're like, not we're not including your your waltzes like no waltzes <laughs> man waltzes is the only real music yeah if it ain't in three four i don't want it <laughs> no i i feel you it's like recognizing like a trend or i do yeah like wanting to be able to be like oh this is a thing that is happening does that necessarily mean that it is divorced from meaning or creativity or like, can that be cool? Or like, what is the cool version through that? Or is it something that I should rage against or like, yeah, it definitely quickly becomes kids these days, which is a big bummer. <laughs> totally. Cause, but I think it's important to remember that like, I don't think it's a new generation of artists that are causing this to happen. It's entirely like a corporation Reaching right. down and saying, like, what's the most powerful way to make, like, artists um, subject to the way we want consumers to experience music? So it's like, you know. Yeah. Spotify has, like, essentially defined music listening now in, in six years. You know, they went from, like, underdog um, platform to, like, oh, yeah, like, the standard for the way that, like, any new artist is discovered uh, any, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not even, I'm not saying I'm mad at this or like that it's wrong. It's just like the power that they hold is immense. Definitely. I think I am mad and I, I want to clarify my anger. Like I have such a juvenile sense of like big tech daddy bad. <laughs> and like, yeah, well, they I'm are able to right. <laughs> I'm, and I've, I've read like a very small amount about like specifically how that structure and like that world of legislation and, and lobbying, like I want to be able to articulate that more, you know, as I see like, yeah, I feel like black lives matter is such a perfect example of like an activist group that is just like so clearly understands the systemic problem and has knows exactly how to solve it and has like very specific like, oh, it's like the, it's these specific line items in like the police city budget or like this. They, they know the, the legislative route to rectify this like massive injustice. And right. I, I see that and I'm like, damn, like that rules. Like they took this they took this like instinctive. I mean, obviously, in that case, like 
incredible trauma, but just in terms of like any, and just like in a broader like labor rights thing, I guess I'm very inspired by the activists that like know what's up in terms of solutions. And I like, right. I want to cross that bridge from just like angry, bitter artist <laughs> that's just like, oh, I want all the plays to like, oh, what, what, maybe like having a, knowing why it is the way it is, why the pros and cons of that, and then potential paths out of, out and of you're the saying, way it is. It sounds like maybe you're saying like you want the knowledge to be able to articulate how you want change as opposed yes. to just knowing you want some sort of change. Right. <laughs> yeah. Big tech daddy dad, but I want to know more how and how make good. And I think it's worth recognizing that like, Almost every major movement has been like purposely misunderstood by its detractors. Like Black Whoa. Lives Matter has always been like incredibly clear. Um, I thought, you know, people, I remember Occupy Wall Street, uh, mm. what, 10 years ago, everyone was like, but nobody knows what they want. It's like, dude, you can Google it. That like, <laughs> there, there is a page that says exactly what they want. They want to like overturn right. Glass-Steagall and like. I'm I don't know, so I'm gonna like mess mess this up. But like they were not that different from like the concerns of like contemporary um progressive uh Democrats and democratic socialists. It's basically mm. like we want a wealth tax, we want to get rid of the um or what is it, like the estate tax loophole. Like basically we're against massive uh one percent owning everything. It's like these were mm. the concerns ten years ago. People laughed at them, said they didn't know what they were about, and then they kicked them out of right. uh, kicked them out of the park. Um, but like, mm. yeah. And, and, and I think the same things are said about Black Lives Matter and the next, and the same things will be said about the next, uh, movement for justice of some kind of, of right. whether it's social justice or racial justice or where those places meet, um, mm. is people will say like, we just don't know what they want. They just keep looting. Right. It's like, not really. Yeah, like bad faith critiques that are willfully yeah. misunderstanding the argument. I think so. Yeah. And, and mm. yeah. And it's, That's it's, super, well it's a common I think it's a common thread to that kind of like grassroots. People assume that if, you know, one right. person isn't leading, then it, because something is made up of like, you know, a union of a people who agree, or, a coalition, yeah. then it must not have uh, a clear objective because only only one person can have a clear objective. Like, or like two right. brothers, like the Koch brothers, like they can have a clear objective, but not people, quote unquote. <laughs> Oh, the most, <laughs> the funnest, most like silly, harmless sounding name for the exact opposite of that. Oh yeah, for like in the, terms the, of the Koch brothers, what a, what a fun, silly the, the agents title. of like conservative yeah. chaos. <laughs> like the most unfunny cause of <laughs> suffering and destruction. We're the Koch brothers. Was such a whimsical name. <laughs> Sody pop boys. Yeah. <laughs> Surprised there isn't like a late night adult swim show that just like rips them apart. Yeah. <laughs> We're the Coke, like, I don't know. It's just like mean, bad faith, like making fun of them. We're the Coke brothers and we like to sleep together, like, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I, I want. I'm saying I'm surprised <laughs> that doesn't exist. I'm not saying it's right. 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 I'm saying there's a market. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really admire your your uncynicism. I, I feel like you're a very positive person. And we were talking just now about having that 
inner voice of like, I want this and all this stuff. And, I, and I'm sure that those thoughts exist within you. Um, I'd be curious to hear, do you, are you intentionally, do you try to make an effort to not be cynical? Like I, it's just, it's something that is, is very apparent just in terms of like, yeah, how creative you are and positive you are. I, uh, it's something that is, is very cool. And I, it's something that I, I aim for, uh, being more I that mean, way. It's so, it's so nice of you to say this because I, <laughs> it's, I don't know. How do, do like, how do you see yourself, Mac? And like, do you see yourself as like, po- as a positive person when you like think like I'm Mac and I'm blank? Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like <laughs> sometimes I, I think I'm like very, pe- sometimes I'm in a really dark space where I'm just like really negative and very ungrateful and just like feeling entitled and shitty. But I do think I'm, I maybe like leaned. I, I certainly prefer optimism, but I, yeah, there are two wolves inside of me. <laughs> you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it's so, I don't want to get too in the weeds on this because it's, it's kind of sure. personal in a way that like, I don't want to um, respect, get respect. too into, but like, I, I, I've had some relationships in the past where, like, um, there's like a there's a sense that like positivity can be toxic, or like that positivity is a way of sort of like hiding from your real feelings, Mm. Um, and that that's yeah, like, um, and I've had that accusation sent at me as somebody who like, and and so it's really Mm. it's it's interesting to like hear you speak about positivity, and also because like you know. Just like you just said, I I struggle with, you know, am I positive? Am I presenting positive? Do I feel positive? Like, right. Um, <laughs> but when I ask myself that question that I asked you, which is like, are you a positive person? Like, it it's definitely a harder time than ever to answer yes because it's so mm. it's so hard. It's just it's difficult. Yeah. And then. <laughs> It's so funny because if I just sort of like, I think about this all the time. It's like, I'm kind of obsessed with this, this thought, which is like, I'll be like really down. And then I'll just be like, what? Like, I'll just be like, you're feeling, you don't have to feel this way. And you can just like literally be like, Mm. and this is for me. And I'm not trying to, to say that this is the same as like, say you don't have depression or say you don't have anxiety which are like chemical imbalances in the brain that I don't don't want to speak to. But I'm just saying like... speaking to your experience. I'm speaking to my experience, which is that like, sometimes I'm just like beating myself up and I'm like, oh, you don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. And then I stop for a bit and then I start again. And I'm just trying to... (laughs) It all comes back to like trying to have more of the good days than the bad days. Whoa. This I relate to very hard. Because, Because I think as a... As a kid, I was very like, I'm a positive person. And then even in college and immediately post-college, I was like, it's my job to like spread joy in the world and spread laughter. And like, that's my purpose, you know? Mm. And then that sort of became toxic for me or really difficult because sometimes I didn't feel that way. Mm. And it's weird when your feelings don't line up with your image of yourself because then you're like mad at yourself for how you feel. Yeah, totally. Because it's like, wait, but I can't. I can't feel like shitty and aloof because I'm the person who's supposed to do this. And that's, it's like, right. Right. If you want to be authentic. Yeah. 
you, like, yeah. So a lot of it has been, at least in these last, this last year, especially with the pandemic and stuff, is being like, you know, I don't feel great. I don't yeah. have to like give that to others. Um, yeah. And, and I'm going to just like, <laughs> going to work on feeling better. Um, mm. But that feels more positive to me right. than because it's more it's more meaningful when it's like earned, right? Like than than opposed to like when I was twenty one, it's like everything seems to work out for me, you know. Mm. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah. different, you know. It's like to be it's, like honest and whole, like to like. But wow, things are complicated right now. But yet, I'm also gonna like practice intentionally trying to look at at what is I think you said that earlier in, in our conversation you're like oh I'm gonna try to answer like the good part of that or like focus on that and that oh right yeah. of the hard drive thing just because yeah we could have spent yes, 20 minutes talking about uh, right yeah totally and like, where you put your attention like fucking changes your reality but also yeah. there are certain times where it's just like huh would it be like naive or ignorant to just be like happy-go-lucky about this and and ignore yeah, and I think people can become very <laughs> yeah, and I think sometimes and in relation to others, which is often where this comes up, like because I think you were speaking to like you appear as very like positive and like you know yeah, not as like an accusation or like a suspicion. No, like, wait, hey, Philip, what's really going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the truth. I mean, I think it would also be Just weird of me not to acknowledge that. like maybe part of the reason like I'm positive is just like my life is pretty charmed like you know like I live in a beautiful city like I have a a decent day job that is keeping me financially stable like I get to be creative I um I don't know like I'm there's a lot of good things you know in my life that like I know I don't know my first thought was always to like somebody listening to this being like you know, well, I don't feel positive. So like, what's the secret? And it's like, well, maybe it's just that like, I'm like, my life is a little easier. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, I'm not struggling with like chronic pain, for example. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. but I don't want to, I don't know. That's such a weird and guilty answer. Also, like, <laughs> also, it I'm, in like, a good, I'm, I'm in a good mood. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. No, it, it, I'm hearing a lot of like gratitude, which fucking rips, which we can all use more of. Sure, yeah. I, I try. Um, I was keeping a gratitude journal. I I fell off. This con- this pod will remind me to keep going. Mac and I. I hope you know um, that your pod seems like like a very positive place. Like a very. I mean, again, I listened to one episode, so maybe in the mm. episode before you're just railing <laughs> against the system. It's been an experiment, but I certainly. Yeah, I certainly try to. Yeah, it's super inspirational. So, um, hell yeah, that's a that's a good thing. You should you should wear that with pride. Um, that means a lot, man. Yeah, I um I really appreciate you making time to uh like both talk and hang out and also uh, do this podcast. Yeah, are we wrapping up? Is that what's happening? I have a few more things. I do have to go in like probably ten fifteen minutes. Yeah, man. But of course. I, if you have some more time, I do have some more questions yeah. that I would love to talk to you about. Let's talk about it. 
Um, I'll answer them all quickly. Well, what are you... Um, Wait, sorry. I never answered your question before. The book, dog. The book is about, it's called Tinkerbell. Yes. It's, it's, about, it's a prequel to um, Peter Pan. And it is about how Tinkerbell... This is your book. This is my book that I'm writing. Fuck, yes. And it's, it's about how um, a girl named Belle goes from being um, a tinker's apprentice in London to the uh, fairy that we all know and love in Neverland. Mm. Is any of that, like, lore? Is that all lore that you're, like... It's all lore that I'm creating. So Tinkerbell yeah. in the original IP or uh, the original... Peter Pan play and book written by J.M. Barry um, mm. is a is pretty much a, a backstoryless character, and there hasn't been really a ton of um, exploration of Tinkerbell uh, besides in a yes. series of Disney movies uh, that are more about imagining um, Tinkerbell as a as the iconic um, green uh, green feathered uh, Disney icon from mm. their opening you know sequence. Right. Um, but there hasn't really been any other takes. Um, and all of that Disney stuff is more about like, she lives in Neverland and she works with all these other fairies. Mine is, is, is kind of different than that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's closer in tone to like a Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. That's fucking sick. It's really fun. I, I hope it'll be a blast to read and, uh. Yeah, that's my. That's just my hope. <laughs> if, if it's a Is blast it to read, I've done my job. Hell yeah! I'm just. Uh, hey, I don't. <laughs> I don't read as much as I want to read. I have a hard time sitting down with a book, but this sounds like a exciting book that I would enjoy reading. Hell yeah! I appreciate you saying that. Is it something that has been has a succeed for an idea been around in your mind for a while, or is it something that? Um, I always really wanted to write a. Um, I've always really loved the Peter Pan story, so I always yeah. wanted to like retell it in some way. Yeah. And um, what I what I'm fascinated with about it, my my first album is called "The Boy Who Couldn't Grow Up," and mm. I I really resonate with the just sort of the thematic stuff in the book about like um, fear of growing up and fear of um, getting old and fear of death and like I think that those are such yeah. powerful things to put in a story for children um, because mm. I think those fears are maybe the strongest when you are a child and when you're like a burgeoning adult. Mm. And so I wanted to write about that. Yeah. So the book Hell is like yeah. thematically about that stuff, even if that's not like the, the plot, you know. Speaking of like wanting to fit, like saying like, oh, I, I want to talk about these ideas. I want to explore this. And this is a book. Is you, you make lots of different things. Do you feel like there's thematic consistency or like things that I guess I'm curious if you have an idea. Are you like, oh, this is a song? Or you're like, oh, this is a book. Or like this is a movie. Huh. Do you <laughs> feel like so there's do you feel like that happens? Or like is it clear or is it like, oh yeah, I that- tend to write about relationships <laughs> or whatever? Um, I definitely think for a few years I've been drawn to stories about like um, uh, everlasting youth and and stuff like that. Just a pretty natural uh, um, extension of just like 
starting to like tread towards 30 and like leaving childhood behind like Mm. very distinctly. And also I've had a weird experience as an actor who has played children um, almost his entire adult life. So, Mm. um, you know, in the Hollywood system, Mm. being over 18 is a benefit for an actor who can play a child. So since, since I was 21, I think when I was 21, I was playing like 14 year olds Mm. and, and kind of, Pretty accurately, like I, I, I looked pretty young. I have no idea if I s- still look young. I have no sense of what my face looks like to others anymore. Um, <laughs> n- nor do I care to find out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's a weird experience. Like kind of finally growing out of that type of role, also, and that's what my album was about, kind of, and mm. um, yeah, like an extended adolescence, essentially. And it's, you know, an emotional adolescence, too, where, like, you're not quite ready yeah. to, like, give up of chi- on childish things and be an adult and, like, care about others. <laughs> yeah. 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 Damn. That ounce. Yeah. So, thanks, man. Uh, yeah. So n- nice question. Um, All yeah, right. So you, that's, just, you just put out a song. Uh, yeah. Yesterday. Song. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. How, that, how is that release? How is, the, how is this current? How does it feel? releasing this song it feels okay it's not like um i don't know man there's such there's so much music and i really tried to like <laughs> put it out there over the last couple of days i didn't feel like it made much yeah. of a cultural ripple um but i'm thinking of that scene in fleabag when she says it made quite a cultural wave right as her husband says right quite a cultural ripple um and she I gets really mad i have not seen fleabag and it is it is something that i oh. has been recommended to me so many times i i know it's so great. Don't watch it. You'll hate it. You'll hate it. <laughs> You'll hate cool. it. That's all I needed. It's trash. <laughs> it's one of those things I know is excellent, and I haven't made the time for it yet. You know. <laughs> um. So the, releasing the song was was a cult, not quite even a cultural ripple. So, uh, but uh, what do I need from it? Like, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with how it came out. I'm glad you like it. Uh, my friend texted me. He said he liked it. So that was nice. Mm. Um, M- musically, who who are your icons? Who are your uh, uh, what a sweet question. Um, growing up, I was like I was uh, worshipped at the feet of Ben Folds and Ben Folds Five. Dude, I literally wrote down Ben Folds a second ago because I feel like you really nail that. Like he occupies such an interesting space of sometimes people mistake him for novelty or something, or like he has a incredible sense of humor about his music but he's like totally authentic yeah and it's like music first and then sometimes it's funny and i feel like rather than like weird al or something like that i remember i like saw him at a show and i like there was this like one line that i found very heartbreaking i forgot what song it was in i think it was in the luckiest dude that song is so sad it's sad song and, and it's, it's all, funny because all of his most popular his songs are the sad ones. Yeah. If you go on Spotify, it's like all his hits are like the luckiest and a brick. You know, like... Fred Jones Part 2. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, I, I interrupted you, but I, I wanted to make that comparison between him like writing that line and you writing that line because you yeah. also do comedy and you have a comedic voice when I'm listening to your music. And also you do like musical comedy. But yeah, then you sometimes also it can do. be hard to like um, 
even know what it all is. And I think right. we live in a time when people don't need you to be like, I mean, once once Little Dicky was like a number one artist, it's like, cool. So like all <laughs> ideas of like what the difference is don't matter anymore. Mm. You know, like yeah, someone, if, so, if a line is funny, it's just because it's funny. I mean, punchline right. rap is, is a little more common than like punchline indie pop for sure. Right. <laughs> but um, I think there's, there's just space for all of it. Like, yeah, it's it's more common in hip hop, and I and I love hip hop for that exact reason. Like, it it mm-hmm. it can be so like swagadocious or braggadocious plus swaggy. I guess <laughs> swagadocious. That's not yeah, a word. It, it is can, now. It, it is now. It's like, it can be all of those things. Swagadocious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I love Ben Folds. And growing up, I also loved. Um, I mean, I listened to all the Beatles religiously. I listened to um, Mika a lot as a kid. I listened to. I don't know Mika. You do maybe they they had a, that hit. I could be brown. I could be blue. I could be violet sky. I could be everything. No. Straight up, no knowledge of what you're doing, but I love it, and I'm cool. It's a song. I have a new thing to check out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I really love like power pop. I liked Prince. I like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. I feel like I ride this line where it's like I I I want to be funky, but I might just be more like this like <laughs> acousticy sort of like meandering sad boy, and I just don't know how to <laughs> make those two things play nice together. But then I listen to Billy Joel, and he's like the whitest funkiest dude, you know. Yes. You know, I got the old man's car. He's like playing piano, yes. but it's like this slaps. Like this is great. No Ferdinals. <laughs> yes, you know, like he rips. Slow down, you crazy chap! Like he's like wants to yeah. be. He wants to be like a hip hop star. He wants to be a rock yeah. star, but he plays piano, which is the same with Ben Folds. They yeah. both like. Whoa. Yeah. There's I a think really cool part in Ben Folds's. Uh, I listened to like an audiobook of his biography that he just put out. Cool. And he was the first person that in an audiobook like did production stuff where he would like like he did this one he like mentioned Billy Joel and then with like a ton of reverb just for this one line was like fuck that guy's really good. <laughs> and then like it was really it was the first time I've heard somebody do like an audiobook and like be like we're going to do specific things just for this audiobook that you can't do in a book like put a bunch of reverb on a certain part or like process or like occasionally he would play a little thing on the piano. Wait, that is like, so cool. It is super cool. Although I, there were pictures in the real book that I didn't get to see, but it was cool. But anyways, I like Billy him. Joel, I, I also think he oh, like so good. Ben folds. Like it's clear that he has just like followed whatever path like yeah and i don't even necessarily think like all the choices he made made sense to me but it's just like you have to <laughs> admire somebody who just like is like i'm gonna make yeah. a record with william shatner <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna make a record with college acapella groups like yeah. like what uh you know and and i don't you know i won't speak to whether or not i dig all that stuff except i just think that he I just admire that sort of like creative freedom because it's clear that he's not yeah. doing it for anybody else. He's not doing it for a record label. He's not doing it yeah. for money. You know? And he's not yeah, even doing it for sick. the fans. You know? It's like. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Which is like kind of the way to live, right? Like he's going to die and be like, I, I did it my 
way. Yeah. He's like Trump oh. in that way. <laughs> did, did I mention I, I love Donald Trump? Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for coming. <laughs> Late reveal. That's, uh, yeah, right hour, at the end. Hour and a half into the pod. By the way, big Trump guy. Well, big guys, Trump guy. Follow I, me on I would have voted for him three times. You can follow me at MAGA, <laughs> MAGA Dad. I loved. Um, I wanted to ask you if you had any because I, I in checking your uh, I, in googling around. Yeah, one point five million. One point five million. Dude, I was cackling in my room at the long version of L O V E. Like. <laughs> I don't know if you'd call it a Whoa. sketch or a song. Yes, was, I didn't even I didn't like write that. At, I wish I could say that was my original idea. Um, uh, that that was my idea, and then my friend Emily Davila she wrote that as part of a sketch team we were on together at UCB, a mod team. Um, but dude, isn't that funny? She did such it's a so funny. You killed the performance. It's just it's such a funny idea, and also it's like so well executed and like builds so well. And I yeah, just, like, I did. Love I helped her do. I I wrote all the like production and stuff and all the speeding yeah. up and stuff, which I think came together really nice. Um, for anyone that's Highly wondering, this this song is on. If people are looking for it, it's at philiplabus.com slash sketch. But it's just it's the whole premise of it is just. This this lounge singer singing like L is for the way you look at me, and then at the end it goes, uh, V V is very very extraordinary. E is even more than anyone that you adore, and M is for the way I miss. So he just keeps going, yeah. like and eventually and eventually he starts spelling out something new, which is love my life, but I'm scared they're coming to take me away. <laughs> And it turns out like he's about to be like killed by mobsters and he's trying to communicate <laughs> that. It's so crazy. <laughs> but it it's yeah, so it's a sketch that just keeps unfolding where you're like, oh, I didn't think it could get crazier. <laughs> I love that. And it like keeps unfolding in the way where it's like, all right, we showed you what this th- what the joke is like in the first 30 seconds where it's like, I'm just keeping spelling a word. And it just it keeps getting funnier and funnier. <laughs> it's so good. Was yeah, that, that was- at UCB Sunset? That was at UCB Sunset, yeah. Um, one of the days. only live, I only have two live videos that I've ever like shared online because most live stuff doesn't translate, but that mm. and like an old like uh, set I did with my friends in this this hip hop improv trio uh, mm. that we have, I put those two up because they're just like, they translate. But everything else yeah. doesn't translate. It's so hard to watch improv on a... Oh, that's <laughs> true. Or even describe it. I know, right? It's like you try to describe your passion to someone. You're like, it's all made. It's like whose line it is in any way, but like they don't stop. (laughs) I find myself with page. I'm like on certain Patreon podcasts where it's like, I can't even like send this to my (laughs) friend. Like I can tell my friends like, hey, if you want to hear this very funny joke and share this with me, like, pay $10 a month. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, even more. It's, like, not only is it improv and hard to hey, describe, at, but it's at, also at fine to At 45 of this paywalled <laughs> thing, this recurring character from six months ago comes back. <laughs> yeah. I definitely Dan find Lipper myself. kills it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need to find your fellow improv nerds. Yes. Um, <laughs> Mackin, do you mind if I ask how old you are? I've never, I don't, I have no idea. I assume you're like Dude, 20, I'm 25. 25. Cool, cool. Yeah. We um, went to college. Were we there at the same time? I feel like we, 
We were, were but I think uh, I was a few years ahead because I'm I'm older than you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I only mention that because I think I was in my like peak listening to all the improv stuff at exactly 25, which it doesn't speak Word. to anything. I'm not saying you're not going to be into it at 27, <laughs> only that like I I am, I'm with it. I feel yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, it is. Man, it's so fun. It <laughs> I just can't it wait for, truly a theater to, what for a theater I to open to. back up and you get to do some sets. Oh, man, I do. That is one thing I, I really hope. And also music shows, but I just I hope I get to see more improv shows. You know? Yes. Well, you have to come on my, I've been doing these Twitch streams where I'll have like musicians on and, and kind of the hope or the, I'm still figuring it out. It's very experimental. And because I only have like 50 followers on Twitch, it doesn't, you know, have to be high pressure. Um, Cause usually there's about one or two people watching. Um, Sounds punk rock. It is. It is pretty punk rock. The fewer people that watch, the more authentic something is. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds sick. Uh, but the point point being, you have to come on because what I think I want to do is start doing like live songwriting, co songwriting on yeah. the on the Twitch stream. Because um, oh, I think that'd I'd be, be really truly fun. Honored. That yeah, that'd be awesome. Sick. You could come in with a with an idea, and then we build on it, and then we record it, and we, by the end, the three hour Twitch stream, we got a we got a song that's done, just kind of cool, and then. You know, Hell someone yeah. wants to watch back later. They can just see it being built before their very eyes. It's magical. That rocks. I would, I would truly love to do that. That sounds incredible. I, I have, <laughs> I wish I, I have to go. I'm so sorry. I have two no, quick questions course. to ask you. I'm ready. Um, I'm going to answer them quickly. <laughs> do you have any other memories of UCB Sunset? Um, so many. I have so many weird, good memories. Yeah. Um, any, any that stick out? Just as a <laughs> memorial to that place that is no longer there. I this is gonna be a really this one is so like I don't know why this one this one is like doesn't even paint me in a good light. It, <laughs> but I did a show and there was like this girl who and this never happens to me really. Um, but like th- this girl came up to me and like started chatting with me and was like being kind of flirty and I was mm-hmm. single and I was like oh like this is cool. Um, and she gave me her number. So, and, but I was like so desperate for love and affection at sunset <laughs> that I was like, she literally gave me her number and I was like, you want to meet up now? <laughs> like I didn't play, <laughs> I didn't play it cool at all. Hell yeah. Dude, and she was like, yeah, wow. I'm out with my so friends. Relatable. Like, like come out. And then I went out and it was just like something about the timing and how we had just met. It was just like so weird awesome. and so bad, but it was <laughs> But it felt like I lived in a city because it was like I did a show at a theater. I met this person. They were like down the block. I walked down the block. We chatted. We didn't That's connect. Awesome. I took an Uber home. Like, <laughs> you know, that was like it was like New York City, but like in LA. Yeah. And then That's sick, the, all the other memories. Like, I want to meet up. Yeah, I want to meet up right now. <laughs> like, why wait? <laughs> I didn't know. That was like that was kind of embarrassing almost, but. All the yeah, other I mean, memories are like in classes and stuff. Just so many good like yeah. class memories of like doing some rehearsal or something. Oh, and an earthquake. That's a good one. I want to finish on that one. Yeah. One time I was doing a Baby Wants Candy show and I was singing a song, a solo song, uh, where I'm supposed to be playing a stalk of corn that uh, wants to be uh, a singer. It, the, the suggestion was a star is corn. Incredible. <laughs> and... So it's like it's it's Korn's first solo, and then like I started singing, and and the speakers above the stage started 
waving back and forth because it was an earthquake. And um, they almost uh, made everyone leave. And then the stage manager came in, kind of looked around for a second, and then he looked at everyone and kind of like half shrugged and went like, (laughs) (laughs) he went like, yeah, um, you guys can keep going. (laughs) <laughs> and he was absolutely wrong. Like, we should not have kept going. But we did. And then the whole show was about the earthquake. And it was awesome. <laughs> so that's my craziest sense of story was performing through an earthquake. Damn, I love that. My, my last question is for you is, is related to your therapist's homework question, which is... Yes. What are you enjoying? Are there things that you're digging on recently? Arts, culture, entertainment, snacks... I'll start with the obvious ones, the arts and culture stuff, just to say I'm watching um, two murder mysteries right now. One is The Flight Attendant on HBO Max, and one is Search Party on HBO Max. Both are very fun. Uh, I love a murder mystery. Uh, Very easy to fall into. Both are like very stylish, very funny shows um, that I'm really enjoying. Um, And then for movies, everyone should watch The Sound of Metal. It's unbelievable. Mm. Um, Riz Ahmed. And playing a, a drummer who loses his hearing. It's unbelievable. So good. Um, and then um, in terms of things that are less, you know, obvious, I would say I'm really enjoying Sunset Walks. Mm. I'm really enjoying... Um, <laughs> really enjoying, like, computer problem solving. <laughs> mm. Like... Like when I have like a little tech issue, being like figuring out that tech issue by Googling yeah. it and, and fixing stuff. And um, man, if everyone listening can just uh, come on a pod and talk, that's that's a really nice thing. Yeah. So I, enjoy, I enjoyed that. That's my full circle answer. Answer. I And we got back to the tech thing from the beginning when we were yes. solving our own little tech issue. Yeah, that's when someone would come out and say, ladies and gentlemen, that's the first half of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This is my favorite problem to have um, of like wanting to continue talking. Um, Yeah, of course. We can't talk forever. It would get more and more mundane, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, we should just chat again. I I would love that so much. It is really, really an honor and a a gift to to spend time and and talk with you. And and again, thanks for making the time. Where can people find you? Where can people find the things that you do. If if anyone listening thought the things I mentioned sounded interesting, I, I try to keep everything up to date at philiplabus.com. So that's P-H-I-L-I-P-L-A-B-E-S.com. And then all my socials are at philiplabus. Incredible. Incredible. Mackin. You're the man. You're an inspiration and thanks so much. No, thanks for having me. Um, I, I think I came off pretty well. <laughs> I think you did. I, I just, you know, for my heart and my mind, I got a lot from this selfishly. So, oh no, it was, for, it, was, uh, it was so much fun. Send it over to my publicist. Uh, she'll she'll review it, and uh, then we can we can cool. move forward. Cool, cool. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm sorry you have to go. I this was a blast. Uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Dude, this sounds. Bye, Philip. I'm, I'm waving at my screen for some I'm reason. Waving at my screen too. I also <laughs> really liked. I feel like I'm less exhausted. Oh, than when you were on a video really call. Nice. Yeah, and I feel like it's like fun. You can get lost just in the voice thing. Yeah, Anyways, plus I didn't I have to put on any clothes. Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> That's but right, everyone. <laughs> I've been nude the whole time. <laughs> Late reveal. Big Trump supporter and fully naked. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone.
<laughs> I'm nude. Make America great again. Goodbye. <laughs> I'll see you later, man. Bye, bye. You're my friend, you're my best friend And best friend, subscribe to the podcast If you had a podcast, I would subscribe Everyone should make a podcast Then I will subscribe to yours But in the meantime, you should just subscribe to this one And that